Welcome to Chit Chat Money. Today is Wednesday, August 11th. Today we have a bonus interview. So we're going to do these sporadically. It's going to be if we get someone who we really, really want to talk to, we're just going to throw in random interviews on random days. And today we've got a great one. Yep. And we should say that, yeah, it is with the Procore CEO, Tui Cordemanche. I think, I think we have that right. We talked about it and joked with him beforehand about how you properly say its name because it's a bit of a mouthful. But yeah, we should say that we're doing the new format. We'll explain this a few times, but on Tuesdays, we're doing the not so deep dives with Ian and Brad alternating once a week with that. Thursday, we're switching up and doing interviews specifically focused on one stock with an analyst or someone we know who is an expert on that particular company. But if we have something that doesn't fit that format and we may not have that many of those, but we have one right now, Right. We're going to try to toss out extra ones. Hopefully, this one will be exciting. I mean, it was, it's with Procore. That's a high-growth IPO. And we were so excited to have him on because yeah. it gave some insights into this dynamic industry of co- construction software, all the different competitive dynamics. I learned a ton. Yeah. A little bit about me. I uh, pitched Procore at my Motley Fool internship way back when. So I've followed the business for a long time. And so I've actually, I was really eager to talk to Tui. Um, and you can tell instantly, he's a pretty charismatic guy. 20 uh, years, 20 years at the helm. So Yeah, you can, you can tell he's, it's a company you probably want to follow. Uh, any really exciting parts about the interview that you liked? Uh, when we were talking about digital twins, when we were talking about industry dynamics, how there's, you know, how the numbers should look and how you should be thinking about like macro things that happen that can affect the construction industry. He cleared up a lot of that stuff because when you look at numbers on certain companies, you might think something's bad or good, but it might just be some macro input going in there and there could be a lag and starts and stuff like that. I also thought when he mentioned the opportunity, he talked about the new customers or then when they go and approach uh, new companies, uh, how much basically green area there is to go after customers in this industry. Uh, it's really exciting. If you're into Procore, hope you enjoy this interview. Here you go. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. Today, we're welcomed by Tui Cordemanch. I think I'm saying that right, and we just kind of went over that, but... Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Uh, he's the CEO of Procore and founder for anyone who, anyone who doesn't know. Uh, and you guys just went pub- public. And uh, I'm curious, how does it feel to kind of finally be public? I guess, what was that process like? And does it feel a bit like a weight off the shoulders to finally be public? Yeah. So, uh, you know, been doing this for a long time. Procore has been around for almost 20 years now. So, uh, you know, it was a long journey to get there. So for me, it seems like a nanosecond ago that all of this happened, but um, you're right. We were, uh, I literally had my bags packed last March, uh, ready to go. We had done the non-deal roadshow. We, you know, we, uh, you know, the investors knew who we were, we're about ready to go on the roadshow and the um, COVID hit. And so like, you know, had to pump the brakes on that. So, uh, yeah, we not raised a little capital, and then you know this year decided it was you know that you know it was a good time to go. We you know it was interesting because like most businesses, we had seen Q two of last year was really really 
scary for businesses. Like nobody knew what was going to happen, right? right? You know, people were panicking and then Q3 got better and then Q4 got better and Q1 was was looking good. So we're like, okay, well, I, I think, you know, we're in a place right now where we can actually predict what's going to come. So now's the time. And we went and you asked the question how it feels. It feels good. It's, it wasn't really a lifelong dream for me. Some of my friends that are CEOs that took their company public, like they define themselves that way. That's not really my thing, but, um, but you know, it's, uh, I, I tell you, it's great for our employees and it's great for our shareholders. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm grateful that we got that behind us and yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, things don't really change that much. Uh, it, we were always running ourselves as a really, we, we ran as a bigger company always. So for us, we we're, the rigor was there before. And so it's, it really hasn't changed all that much. And tell us a little bit about the background of Procore. So you said you've been around for, I think it was 20 years. How did you start? When exactly did you start? I guess, what was the reasoning behind starting Procore? I was five years old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why I'm 25 now. Uh, no, so listen, I actually have a kind of a weird story. I, I grew up working in construction. I my grandfather told me if he said to me one day, he goes, do you want to earn an allowance? And I, at the time I was in like seventh or eighth grade and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And he goes, I'll pay you 20 bucks a month. And I'm like, great. And he goes, if you get a job after school. So I'm like, still sounds pretty good. So I, he helped me get a job at a cabinet shop. He was remodeling his condo at the time and the contract, I think he strong armed the contractor to hire me. Uh, so I got exposure there and then became a journeyman carpenter in high school in the apprenticeship program and um, in the um, uh, with the union carpenters in San Diego, which was kind of funny. My dad would drive me down to the union hall in his BMW seven series. <laughs> I was like this little, this little, this is this kid that should probably have not been going to a union hall, but um, yeah. So grew up in construction, tried to be a real estate developer for a while kind of enjoyed it um, and then fell into a technology job. Somebody offered me a technology job one day and I was always into tech. So I thought, well, you know, why not? I've always been very open to new adventures and uh, led to me founding a technology company that had nothing to do with what I'm doing today. Uh, and then my wife and I were building a house here in Santa Barbara about 21 years ago and kind of realized that all of the challenges that I'd seen growing up in construction with the complexity and the lack of communication and all the waste I was the kid who used to have to take the waste of all the perfectly good stuff that was put in that turned out to be the wrong stuff and take it to the landfill. So I, I knew what it was all about. Uh, and so found this idea around, well, how do we bring efficiencies to, to construction in this process that I was watching in my own house? And it was really, it was really kind of rewarding because I realized that the real problem in construction was the disconnect between all the team members. And I, so that's where the, the idea of Procore came, which was to connect everyone on a global platform. And, you know, here we are 20 years later and, um, you know, the mission hasn't changed. It's still, we're still endeavoring on tackling this $14 trillion industry, which is, um, which is huge. So, um, you know, still a lot of work ahead. And if we're, I, uh, sorry, sorry, if I remember correctly, you guys were, uh, it sounds like that was in 01-ish. So you guys were pretty early to market, right? There wasn't like oh, yeah. a lot of mobile devices on the sites. Yeah. The, uh, 
that my story is this, is that I would walk on the job sites and rarely, if ever, would I find anybody on the internet, right? It was mostly just pen and paper. They would have these books. I have one right here in my office, which was, it's like an empty, looks like a, a, a bound um, hard, a hardback novel. And they would just write what's going on throughout the day in these things um, called daily logs. And so, but eventually, like occasionally I'd come across somebody who had an ISDN line in their job site trailer. And some. So the, I think the funny story of Procore was we were selling construction software online, SaaS, to an industry that didn't have internet at the job site. So literally when I was raising money in 2004, my uh, partner, uh, Steve Zom and I were going up and down Sand Hill Road in, um, in uh, the Bay Area and just basically getting laughed out of every venture. They're like, you're selling software to people who don't have access to the internet. Like that doesn't, you know, so they, we went from, you know, being the, you know, the kind of the idiots to then when obviously the iPhone came out and then the iPad came out in 2011 and then, you know, basically mobility and internet became ubiquitous. We went from being kind of the idiots to um, the people who kind of saw the future, which was neither, but uh, we, uh, but that, that was the journey. So yeah, we started really, really early. There was really no way to use Procore um, it back in the early days. Now you just mentioned one of the big moments, but were there any make or break or any other memorable moments in the company's history that you can, uh, that you can remember? Oh, there are so many, and there's so many good stories. I mean, we were back, we were so scrappy back in the day that it was, um, you know, we would go into, here's a great story. We were, uh, you know, we're, we were always trying to make payroll, right? So every deal mattered. And we only had, you know, a handful of people, maybe 10 or 12 people. And um, we had this one big meeting with a, a large uh, contractor in Missouri. And uh, <laughs> we were sitting in a job site trailer right next to the Mississippi River. And the uh, they said, so this is great. We love what you're doing here, but where's your river gauge? And we're like, what do you mean river gauge? I said, well, we're on the Mississippi river and it tends to flood. And, you know, we need a river gauge to make sure that we can evacuate job sites in a timely manner. So then we broke for lunch and our CTO at the time, Sam, who's still our CTO, he sat in the corner and he programmed onto the main page inside of Procore, you know, all of the home you know, page stuff as well as a river gauge. And they came back from lunch and I'm like, Oh, you mean that river gauge is going to be brought it back up. And of course he pushed it to production and like all violated every rule you could ever do in software, but we got the deal. And it was funny because then over the years we would hire engineers or, you know, product people and they would come to us and they'd be like, you know, there's this hidden, like, um, like flag in the background that's always turned off and it says river gauge. What in the hell is a river gauge? And we're like, well, that's, that's actually how we, uh, you know, made payroll was we threw that thing in there. So, yeah, I mean, there was lots of stories of scrappiness, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and you can imagine over a 20 year period, how many of those you can accumulate. Right. So I guess for anyone that's unfamiliar, uh, why don't you give like a brief explainer on what all Procore does? Because you guys have a lot of different offerings, if I'm not mistaken. We do. By the way, I should ask both of you, both of you, have either one of you ever uh, built anything or remodeled a bathroom or? Yeah, I've done a, a little bit. I used to work in a, like a mechanical lab and uh, I worked for one summer on a construction site. So, you know, minimal experience, he's, uh, but he's, besides that. He's the engineer. I'm finance. So no, I, I, Ryan, I'm maybe a little handyman. Ryan, maybe a little less, but yeah. 
<laughs> well, Ryan, you're going to someday, if you ever do it, uh, you, know, you know, for your home you, you, and you're in finance, writing those checks can be very painful. It's very expensive to do. But uh, yeah, so let me tell you. So construction is actually not what most people think it is. It's actually very, very complicated. And kind of some of the eye openers are just in terms of laying the groundwork is that construction is essentially a prototype business. Everything that gets built, practically everything. And I mean, like, 99% is a prototype. It's never going to get built again because the, the factory floor for, for construction is the earth, right? So like, and that, and that, that just basically modifies everything that you end up building. Um, and so it's a very, very much a, um, uh, a one-off on everything that gets built, which creates a lot of complexity. And the fact that project teams come together and you have an owner and a general contractor and 29 specialty contractors and a countless number of vendors and suppliers and material and equipment folks, you have lenders and you have insurance, you have all these people that are coming together to try to make this one project work. Um, and they're, and they, none of them works for, for the same company. And most of them have competing interests with each other. In other words, if I push my risk as a subcontractor up to the general contractor, I'm going to make more money and the general contractor is going to be at risk going out of business. So the GC will try to push it back down. So lots of complex dynamics uh, at play. So what Procore does is we create this single source of truth, a, uh, a, a platform that enables all of the stakeholders to come together, uh, collaborate and communicate and, 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 and solve for these complex workflows that have to happen, not only within the companies, but across the companies, which is really complicated. When a subcontractor comes across an issue in the field, they have to actually kick off an, an RFI, a request for information to the general contractor. They have to review it, has to go to the architect, sometimes up to the owner, back to the architect, back to the GC, sometimes, you know, and, and you're jumping across all these entities. And in the meantime, project is either delayed or stopped uh, and somebody's racking up a whole bunch of bills and it's somebody's going to have a dispute. And so it's really, really complicated. And Procore's platform and that everybody is looking at the right information at the right time. Uh, it's it's shining daylight on all this complexity. Uh, so it really does ascribe risk to where risk is 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 incurred as opposed to pushed. Um, and so we have four main product lines. But I'll just say that project management is where we got started. And it's pretty straightforward. It's dealing with your schedule, dealing with those things I call daily logs, which is tracking what's happening on a daily basis on the job site, who showed up, what happened, what accidents happened, what uh, deliveries were made. Uh, and then we have all these tools like punch lists and submittals and just these terms of art that happen in construction, all within project management. Um, and then we have uh, project financials, which is a, a product, which is if you think about, a, you know, Ryan's got a finance background. So it's, it's your budget, it's your contracts, it's your change orders, it's your invoices. Uh, it's all of the things that are related to managing money. And for between project management and project financials, the, the two most um, kind of the pillars of construction are time and money, right? So the time is in project management. That's the schedule. That's making sure everything's coordinated and nothing gets delayed. And the money is the budget, right? So those are the two pillars that kind of hold up the entire platform. But we also have a pre-construction module, which is where all of the mistakes that happen in construction that cost every all the dollars tend to start in pre-construction and then they get amplified down the chain. So we've built tools around pre-construction to allow for the coordination for all the team members to figure out what they're going to build before they build it uh, so they don't have to rip out materials. There's $500 billion worth of rework that happens in construction every year because people don't do coordination at the beginning. And that's it's a half a trillion dollars. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And then we have resource management, which is the fourth module, which is 
the, you know, everybody that works in construction has employees, right? So subcontractors have a bunch of folks that have to go out to the field, track their time, get dispatched to the right job, all of that, that sort of thing. Um, and then all, you also have regular employees that actually have to track their time against a job that hits the budget and everything else. So we cover everything from pre-construction through what's called closeout. So when the contractor hands the keys over to the owner, that's the world in which Procore lives. And we sell to owners, general contractors, and specialty contractors because our mission is to connect all of them on our global platform. And that's that's really what we do. And why did you guys choose the ACV pricing strategy? If you want to explain yeah. how that works, I know it's a lot different than maybe a traditional, what people that are listening might understand from a, you know, a regular office uh, SaaS product. Can you explain what that is and why you guys chose it? Yeah. So it's another one of those kind of founder stories, which was... Remember, I said my, my goal was to connect everyone on a global platform, right? And I, and I explained those, those, those workflows, uh, the, the RFI that goes from the specialty contractor GC to the architect to the owner and back again. I realized like day one that if we had a seat license model and somebody made the decision not to buy a, a seat for the architect, that that critical workflow would break because you know, somebody is value engineering. They're like, I don't not buying that seat license. How in the world are you going to um, complete that complex workflow across all of those stakeholders? So I had to have a, a system that allowed for an unlimited user model. So everyone could be on there and there weren't going to be any incentives for people to not bring people onto the platform. Now, of course you get all the benefits of now having, you know, 1.6 billion plus users on the platform because we never put those constraints or limits on it. Um, and so, so that was, that was part of it. So I was stuck at that. And this is so early in Procourse history, but I was stuck and I'm like, okay, well, if I can't charge per seat, what can I charge by charge with, you know, what was, what was going to be my, my, my yardstick here. So I went to some of our um, kind of early mentors that I had when I was starting Procore and I'm, I said, how are you, how do you buy things? And these are mostly general contractors. And they're like, well, you know, we buy um, insurance based on the construction value of a project or the amount and, and, you know, they can buy different policies or I can, we can buy general liability insurance based on the amount of construction volume that runs on our, um, it through our company on an annual basis. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a good one. So what I did was in the early days, which just seems kind of silly, but I looked at what we needed to generate in terms of revenue. Uh, and we used to sell per project. We don't do that really anymore. Um, and I, I looked at what I need, we needed to do. And I just basically came up with a, um, a conversion rate between if I had to sell seat licenses to make that money versus construction volume. And then we came up with a formula to say, well, um, you know, I can still gain the revenue I need without um, putting the constraint on seat licenses. Uh, by doing a construction volume pricing plan. And that's stuck with us ever since. And uh, yeah, so it's, I think we kind of invented that for the construction industry, but it, it, it seems to work really, really well. And our, our customers love it because they get all this value because they get all their users together. They, 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 they reduce all the risk on the projects. Then they get all of this data that's in our platform that then we can reflect back to them to run better, you know, get better insights so they can run better businesses. So it's like, it's a win-win. And so do they, so if you go to a G, like a general contractor and they, you say, you know, do you guys want to use Procore? Do they give you like all their projects, what they estimate the total value is going to be? And then you just kind of arrive at a price from that, or is it? It's, it's, so it's a little less structured than that. So we, we, we actually have 13 products in those four product categories I just talked about. Um, so the discussion would be, let's, let's find out what you need to accomplish to, with a prospect. 
How much, you know, which products do you need? Uh, do you want to start with one, two, three, four, but you know, what, what is the mix? So, the, and each product has a price associated with it. And then we talk about construction volume and it's, it's much more of a, of a, just a discussion. We're not, we're not having them send their like, you know, P and L or anything over right. to us. It's basically like, you know, Hey, we do a hundred, a hundred million dollars worth of construction volume a year. We want to buy um, your pro- project management and construction financials to start. Uh, and then we have a conversion, um, uh, table that actually just shows what the pricing is. Okay. Makes sense. How many, I'm curious now, how many, I guess, stakeholders in the construction industry still rely on like the legacy systems have, have, have most people converted by now or is it, (laughs) this will blow your mind, Ryan. Um, 50% of everyone we talk to that are as a prospect is coming from pen and paper and Microsoft office. Uh, uh, now, the, so that's 50%. The other 50%, you can divide it up into thirds. A third of that, so let's say roughly 15%, um, are coming from these old client server solutions. And imagine having to like VPN <laughs> into a system in order to do project management. Imagine having to send a CD-ROM, literally, to a subcontractor saying, in order for you to work with us on this job, you have to go find a CD-ROM drive first and foremost. And then you have to install this software to work like client server. And it just doesn't make sense, but there's some of that, a lot of point solutions. And, you know, people go into the field and they'll they'll just download an app from the app store that does punch lists or do like a notes thing or whatever. Um, So a lot of disjointed point solutions. And then, you know, there's some companies out there that are just buying a whole bunch of these point solutions, trying to crap cram them together into some sort of a cogent solution, which is kind of like a Frankenstein. So there's not a lot of, it was a lot of, it's very greenfield and it gave Procore a huge opportunity to get a, get a big head start. Okay. And what, what makes Procore's platform say different than, well, I guess you described it a bit, but maybe different than other newer competitors. And then mm-hmm. why would a customer choose Procore over, you know, one of those, it's easy to see why they choose it over the legacy solution, but maybe over just Microsoft office or some other custom product from, you know, a newer company doing something similar to you guys. Yeah. So let's take the Microsoft office. Uh, Microsoft office is a, a fantastic um, kind of generic tool to, for business people. Construction is very, very uh, industry specific terms of art, like RFIs, submittals, punch lists, things like things that have these very, very complex contractual workflows that if they don't actually happen correctly, uh, there is a huge ramification on, on costs and, you know, and risk and everything else. So um, you can't really do that with Microsoft Office. And frankly, if you could, Procore probably wouldn't exist today, but you just can't. It's just not the way it works. And then on the newer ones, on the newer folks that are coming in this industry, you remember I said we have 13 uh, products and those 13 products handle a a lot of the the processes that happen from design, coordination in the beginning through closeout. The complexity that those those products solve across that life cycle of the project um, is so great that you can't really, there's no competitor out there that's really trying to match us in all of that complexity because we have such a comprehensive solution. So what they do is they'll launch point solutions. So they'll, they'll do one little discrete portion of what we do. Um, and so, and, and, you know, prospects of Procore will come to us and say, look, um, we have got people in the field that do, you know, use these three downloaded, you know, apps from the app store. They've got a, you know, they, they had a, you know, young kid who just graduated from college and he put together like a SharePoint thing that tries to make some of this stuff work, but like none of it's connected. It's all disjointed. It's not on a single platform. It's not modern tech. It's not secure. You know, it's, it's not 
it's not, you know, enterprise grade. It's just, it's just not the same. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of reasons to choose us and I could talk about tech all day long. I'll tell you, if you ask our customers, it's about the way we partner. It's the brand that we've created for ourselves because we see ourselves as being a, a partner to the industry and, and the industry sees this as being a partner to them trying to solve the needs, getting folks out of the job site trailer so they can go see their kids soccer game. So they're not doing all this complex double data entry and all is like, is what we're known for. And then, you know, I mentioned those 13 products on our platform. We have 300 partners that build in our app marketplace and our ecosystem, uh, discrete features that, um, that actually extend the functionality of Procore. And so if you would consider a competitor, uh, I would say they're probably not a competitor. They're probably a partner in our app marketplace serving up a solution uh, that complements our platform. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask about that too, because there's, so a lot of the debate, especially in the investment community is between is really about how you overlap with other products. And the company that comes to mind is Autodesk where some, you know, they've spent a lot of time and effort with construction cloud, but they also, I know they have Procore plugins on a lot of their programs. So do you guys, do you view them more as a competitor or a partner or somewhere in the middle? I think we solve, and you zoom back out, I think we solve really important problems for the construction industry. I think Autodesk is very, very good at uh, design, right? Um, and, 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 you know, AutoCAD and Revit and allowing designers to put together something that is, um, you know, the, the genesis of the project. But where Procore really shines is uh, what gets designed is rarely what gets built. And what Procore is really, really good at is we're good at the communication, collaboration, the single platform, the connected experience, allowing people to understand what is buildable and what's not. And what's interesting about construction is what when a construction project starts and you have this pristine set of drawings or a pristine model, what happens throughout the course of construction is there's always things you run into. Design design decisions have to change during the process because you run into something that's not buildable, a product is not available or whatever. So these designs are getting annotated during construction with the what's called as-builds, which is what's actually happening in the field. So at the end of the job, Procore does a really good job of handing over either the, the two-dimensional drawings or the three-dimensional uh, BIM file to the owner. So they now have something that actually represents what they had bought, which got built. Um, so, so I think we just approach it from two different angles. And the other thing is, is um, I'm just proud of the way Procore is built as a, as, as a platform. We're, we're, all we do is construction, right? We don't do other stuff. We don't service other industries. And because we focus on construction, we're able to deliver all of our attention to ensure that this single platform uh, has all the information that's gathered from all the tools that are built on top of it, plus our 300 partners. And it's not a bunch of disjointed bot solutions that they're trying to weave together and right. technology and, you know, and siloed information. It's just they, they, they have a problem. They have a challenge that we don't have to face because we're a, a single platform. That makes sense. Do we want to take the ad break, Ryan? And then oh, yeah. We're going to hit a quick ad break, and then we've got some more questions on the second half. All right. Welcome back in. We've got a few more questions, uh, and I know Brett wanted to ask one about a company we've kind of been recently looking at. So Yeah. So there's a big, at least in the investment community, a big theme lately has been talking about digital twins and the growth of that industry. It's kind of a buzzword. The, you know, the projections are that it's going to be a 20, 30% compound grower over the next decade. But do you guys have a strategy with digital twins or is that adjacent to you guys? Does that fit into the construction industry yet? What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I'm curious which the company that you're following because I uh, they're probably a partner of ours. Uh, is Matterport. Matterport. Oh, love yeah, great partner Procore, and uh, you love the love that whole team. Uh, yes, so to I want to say uh, something about Procore, then we'll talk about digital twin twins. The um, the the challenges of this fourteen trillion dollar industry are still so fundamental. It's how do you get the right people to the right job at the right time with the right materials and the right equipment safely, right? So there's if you think about like the layers of an onion, like if you don't solve that problem, you know, you, uh, it doesn't matter how many or how good your digital twin is, or it doesn't matter how good any of the things are that are kind of in the outer layers of that onion. So Procore has been always very, very focused on solving, building this platform that solves for the most foundational challenges of construction. Um, now as time goes on, so we have 300 app marketplace partners that are building lots of things like Matterport um, integrations into Procore. Uh, in fact, I um, just built a house for myself and we use the Matterport integration with Procore on my project because I, I just loved it so much. So um, they solve a, a, an amazing um, uh, challenge in construction, which is, you know, being able to actually see what's happening as opposed to what was designed. And it's kind of what I told you before, which is there's, there's a difference between what gets designed and what gets built. And the digital twin is is really essential to that. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, over the long term, Procore sees this as being something that we will be uh, definitely looking more closely at. I was talking to the folks at Microsoft that are responsible for their digital twin initiatives, both for their corporate as well as their um, technology side of the house. And um, we all agree that there will be a time and a place for where digital twin will be a, uh, it'll be super, super important. But again, we're still focusing on the foundational challenges. Uh, and then we will get there over time. And in the meantime, we have great partners like Matterport that solve these problems for our customers. Uh, and it's integrated in, into Procore. So it actually, from our customer's perspective, feels like they're in Procore. Interesting. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. You, have the, you want to go to the next one? Yeah. So I guess you guys just had, I think, I think your second quarter earnings came out yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. At the, if they did. It will have been a while, a while back. But uh, I guess I don't want to treat this too much like a conference call. But how much, uh, how much change have you seen uh, out of COVID? Is there any lasting changes that you think will impact the industry, and how is it affecting your business? Yeah. So uh, I, I mentioned that Q2 of last year was definitely the hardest hit, right? The, the, the industry is trying to figure out construction cannot be done remote. You can't pour concrete from your home, right? That's just not going to work. So the construction industry early on had to learn how to work within the safety confines of COVID. And they did. They, the construction is the industry in general is so resourceful. They figured it out. They, in a lot of cases, they used our safety tools to come up with safety protocols and checklists to ensure that job sites were safe. So they, they figured that out and they all got back to work right away. So Q3, Q4 was was better. It was just everything was moving back towards uh, pre pre COVID numbers, and um, so what we found in our and what I said in our earnings call yesterday was that, that Q2 was a um, uh, it was a great quarter for Procore. We, we performed very very well. The um, what we saw was very even distribute, uh, distributed um, success across our stakeholders, so owners, GCs, and subs, and across our product line. So there wasn't any real outliers in terms of uh, you know ups or downs. It was very much uh, it was very much solid performance across all of the different vectors that you can see. Um, 
The biggest challenges that we hear are, are threefold. One is is the supply chain challenges. Uh, you you all we all read about the Suez Canal, right? The you know when that when that when that um, when that ship got sideways, uh, it really had a trickle down um, effect across the entire globe. And all of those things when when a port in Singapore gets hit with COVID and they shut it down, it has a it has a ripple effect across the distribution. My wife tried to buy a washer and dryer like four months ago. And they were like, yeah, you, in eight months, you can get it because there's no steel or whatever, right? Uh, it affected everything and it, it, construction wasn't immune. So supply chain has been a challenge for the construction industry because construction is very supply material heavy. Uh, number one. Number two is the commodity prices. And we, probably you've read about the lumber price surge that happened at the height of the uh, spring of this year. Um, you know, so commodity prices went up. Those, those were some headwinds. But the real challenge for construction is the thing that I hear from our customers every single day is a diminished labor force. The fact that there's hundreds of thousands of job openings and there's just not enough candidates to fill them. So though our contractors have very you know healthy backlogs, which is really pipeline for them, um, they don't have the personnel, both qualified and also people coming into the industry to do the work. So and then that's been chronic for years. And that's not COVID related, but it is this. Um, it doesn't help during COVID when you have you know uh, people you know possibly leaving the industry because uh, they can't they. they you know, want to not be um, going to a job site or whatever. So challenges, yes, but uh, opportunity abounds. When I talk to our customers, they don't talk about COVID. They talk about the future and their backlogs and all of this building the sites that need to get built. There's um, there's a stat by the UN that says that, you know, we have to build like, you know, I forget, it's trillions of square feet of, 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 real, of real estate just to keep up with population growth. And it's like building a Manhattan a month for the next 40 years of real estate that has to get built just to keep up with population growth. So the need for construction is there, the, um, but you don't have the people to do it. And I do think that the supply chain issues and the commodity prices will resolve itself in a reasonable amount of time. But the biggest challenge is people. And you said uh, you said you guys have thirteen products, I believe, across four yep. modules. Do those? Do you find that most of your products uh, come from you guys talking to customers? Like they're like, "Hey, this is a pain point for us. Can you solve this?" All of them do. Every single one of them. We we do not. We don't have the answers here. Uh, that's why we spend so much time with our customers. As um, as we are, we're we. And and I think I mentioned this before the show. But the thing I think when when you think about Procore, we never think of it as us and them. It's always it's always us, right? We we feel like we're part of the industry ourselves, and we have hundreds of construction pros that work here at Procore. We partner better with uh, our customers, I think, than anybody else in our industry, and so we know acutely what the challenges are and we prioritize those in, uh, in a way that actually drives value to our customers. Okay. And you guys raised, you know, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but during an IPO, you raise money. Where are you guys planning to invest that cash? I know you just made an acquisition of Indus.ai. Is that, I mean, you can't share anything that's planned obviously, but what are you guys investment plans uh, going forward? So we always start with what are the needs of our customers, right? So we look at, you know, do do are we going to build a solution? Are we going to are we going to buy a solution? Are we are, are there are there companies out there like Indus that have all of this really really specialized knowledge that we couldn't build in house and and that has not only um, AI knowledge but also uh, and ML knowledge but also construction knowledge. So like that makes a ton of sense too. So there's there's a lot of reasons for us to you know be acquisitive. 
but it always starts with the customer need and driving customer value. So um, we just look at it as one M&A is one tool in the tool belt for us to gain uh, business value to our customers faster uh, and to drive Procore towards our strategic objectives faster. So um, yeah, we, I mean, we, I think we're getting, we're getting pretty good at this and, um, and you could, you know, you look at the, we bought honest buildings like two years ago, I think last two, two weeks ago was a two year anniversary. Um, Founders still here. The you know employees are still here. We're we're, we're one Procore. It's um we've done just a, a wonderful job of integrating them. And uh, you know I I think it's something I'm very proud of is that people want uh, to be able to see you know that that we're able to do this and that also that we can do it successfully and, and we do. So you know uh, just stay tuned for more. <laughs> right. You can't. Yeah. You can't share it. Uh. uh yeah. Although, that, but. Uh, it, you guys talked about moving into the UAE and uh, Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Right. Is international expansion, <clears throat> is that something you're planning to continue doing, I guess? I imagine it is. But And then yep. what what differences are there? Is there any like nuance to how that construction processes go internationally compared to domestically? Um, there are. Uh, let me start with our international strategy. First, you have to understand $14 trillion uh, TAM, uh, you know, and uh, by 2025, big, big opportunity. 90% of that TAM is not the United States. So international is a, a huge focus for Procore. And, um, and frankly, out of Q2, I, I said in the earnings call, how, how, how proud I was of our international teams for, you know, um, the success that they had in quarter. So it's, it's, it's a growing portion of our business and it will be, um, going forward. Um, the, the second part of your question is, uh, Construction is relatively ubiquitous the way it's performed. So every construction has a schedule, every construction has a budget, every construction has a photos need, has a document management need. Every uh, you know, everybody every project has people on it, so it needs to be managed. Every project has a pre-construction phase. So what we find is that when we go international, and by the way, we have a very rigorous um, um, you know kind of checklist and and strategy model. Like it kind of blows my mind how thorough we are when we choose new markets. But when we go into a new market, what we'll find is that most of the needs of the industry are what we offer today. Where the delta is is, by the way, I shouldn't use Delta, where the difference is uh, these days is uh, regulatory compliance. So for instance, you go into Australia and they had, unfortunately for years, they had a lot of deaths on job sites. Safety issues were a big one. So they actually legislated a whole bunch of laws around safety on job sites. Like for instance, if there was a safety violation on a job site and it wasn't recorded, but everyone knew it, that led to a death, the CEO of the construction company would go to prison. Right. So all of a sudden you had to tr you had to track safety violations um, very, very closely. And obviously the CEOs of these construction companies were very incentivized to buy software that did, did so. So they had much more stringent requirements around safety than, let's say, even in the U.S. So as we built out our configurations around safety and our safety modules to meet the needs there, we found that globally that everyone valued those tools. And so um, we're, we're finding that the regulations that are coming up in different countries are actually adding to the common value of our platform for all countries that we're in. And are, are you getting a lot of like inbounds from big general contractors in these countries or are you kind of setting up a sales team and saying, let's go after them? It's kind of a mix of both. So the good news is, is that Procore's brand is, 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 is amazing in the US and good 
globally. Uh, so people people do know, and I think the IPO actually helps. It's um, it kind of just just letting big companies know that you're listed on the New York Stock Exchange globally just has a it lets everybody kind of rest easy to know that you're like the real thing and you're not just a big marketing machine. So, um, you know, so in general, it's, uh, it helps, it helps when we go into markets. Now, um, some of our customers are global companies, right? So you end up in a market, you're, you're already there. That's another thing, which is, um, because of that, I think we're in a hundred and plus countries, maybe 120 countries globally, uh, where we have projects being run, but we don't have salespeople there, right? So our salespeople are at our beachheads that are in the nine countries that we're, we're in today. Um, and so we actually, by the time we get to market, we usually have a presence. So then what we do is we go in and we, we bring in the right salespeople, the right customer success people, some product people to make sure we understand what's happening there. Uh, and we never go wide, we always go deep. It's always about the quality of our engagements in those communities and in those um, countries. Uh, it's not about how many countries we've lit up because that's that's just not a recipe for success. Okay. Do you have any more questions? Or should no, we let's go wrap up. up. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have, I think, two wrap up questions for you. So the first one is, in a perfect world, five to 10 years down the road, what does Procore look like? Yeah. So in a perfect world, and it's the world that I go to bed thinking about every night is the construction world is no longer a, a an industry that has $500 billion worth of race, waste coming from rework. It's because the entire construction world is um, connected on a platform. So all of the inefficiencies of construction are being wrung out of the process. And I'm hoping that that pro- platform is the Procore platform. Uh, and um, I think we're well on our way to getting there. All right. We'll hit one more here. Uh, what is one piece of advice you have for anyone starting a business or I guess trying to be an entrepreneur in general? Okay. I'm going to try to keep this brief, but this is, I get this question a lot and I have a lot of, I kind of have a lot of passion behind it. Um, I get people that come to me a lot that, that, that say, said, you know, Tui, you, you, you're an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur too. And I'm like, you have to understand like being an entrepreneur is kind of like, it's kind of like if somebody came to you and said, I want to be an athlete, right? Well, like that doesn't mean anything, right? Um, You don't set out. I don't believe anybody should set out to be an entrepreneur. I think people should find some problem, some opportunity, some passion that they have and pursue it um, till they are, you know, gray in the head like me and, uh, and, and not give up. I call it being like a dog on the bone. If you are successful, and by the way, very few people are successful in that endeavor and, and in pursuing that, um, then you can be called an entrepreneur, just like Michael Jordan can be called an athlete or whatever. But like, I just feel like people get it wrong. And it, and it, it's actually one of the most, um, troubling questions I get when I talk to young um, uh, folks that are coming out of college that are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, look, that you got to have, you got to have a passion and you got to be able to pursue it. And if you don't have that passion, look, there's no way Procore would exist if I wasn't as stubborn and as, and as, 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 as engaged in, in solving this problem as I've been, because there was a thousand reasons that there was a billion reasons to stop every single day. And you just need that kind of doggedness to, to kind of, to kind of keep going. So that's, that's one piece. And clearly, I'm a little bit passionate about that, but it drives me nuts, frankly. Uh, and number two is, is that the, I guess the piece of advice I give is know thyself, right? I am a, I'm a relatively good, um, um, 
doer. I can get stuff done. I, I, my, I had a college teacher before they kicked me out that taught me this very valuable lesson, which is one of the reasons I think I'm here today, which is when you have five minutes, do a five minute job. So I never, I rarely, if ever have idle time, cause I'm going, going, going. So I know that about myself. I can get a lot of stuff done. Um, but I also know that I'm, I'm not the most organized and I'm not really the best at doing the minutia of the detail, right? So I know that I need to surround myself with people that are operators that can get stuff done. Um, And that I basically, as Procore has gotten bigger, I've realized that I'm much more the visionary and the cheerleader uh, and less uh, less less the expert. And that's what happens when companies get big is every job gets more and more specialized and you hire these people that are really, really good at it where you used to kind of dabble in it. And, and, you know, you realize that if you're in a situation where you feel like you're the smartest person on that subject in the room, other than vision, you have the wrong people in the room. So uh, know thyself, surround yourself with people that augment your weaknesses uh, and make sure that you establish culture and values early and that you hire to them and you fire to them very, very quickly. Um, and just make sure that you establish that foundation. Um, and by the way, someday I'll, I'll put all this down in writing, I guess, but there, I, there was a lot of learnings along the way, but the, the foundational stuff is really, really important throughout mission, vision and values and culture and knowing thyself. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like maybe a book in the future. Book. <laughs> By the way, remember, I'm the one who got thrown out of college. I think I'm the last person that's going to be able to write a book, but uh, but maybe somebody will listen to me talk enough that we can write some of these down. And, and by the way, I, I should tell you that I am an avid learner. Um, and I think most founders and, and entrepreneurs should be because I have a network of, of mentors that I talk to almost every single day. Uh, I've never run a company of this scale before. Uh, and so I always look to people that are, uh, you know, have done this and, and kind of give me guidance. And I spend a lot of time too. Um, mentoring folks that are coming up through the chains and trying to grow businesses because I feel like I need to pay it forward. Um, and people, cause people did it for me. So um, it, it's been, I've been very, very uh, blessed to have that ac- access to, the, to people that are willing to help me. And I feel like I owe it to the, you know, to the others to, to give back. Perfect. Uh, for anyone that's listening that wants to keep up with you or keep up with Procore, what's the best place to do that? Do you have a Twitter handle? I think I've seen you. I do. That. I do. I, I don't actually know exactly what it is, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'm sure we can put it in your show notes or something. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, yeah, Twitter is probably where you can find most. I do a lot of LinkedIn stuff, too. Uh, so, you know, um, I can have my PR team. They're writing something on the board right now. Tui, Tui Procore, all one word. T-O-O-E-Y, Procore. <laughs> or, or, I mean, and then Procore Invest Relations. Yeah, it's probably not a good place. All right. That's uh, probably a great place to start. But uh, by the way, it was great uh, meeting both of you. And hopefully one of these days, if I make it up to Redmond, we can, um, we can grab a beer or something. Definitely. Awesome. That would, that. That would, uh, we would love that. All right. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet both of you.